Welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast presents Real Poetry. I am here once again with my two popcorn snatchers, Marvin and Auntie Vice. Say what up. What up? What up? And today we are going to talk about the 2017 film on Paramount, Mothers, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Um, ha, um, yeah, what's his name? Yeah, Javis. Uh, as um, J A V. No country for old men. Right, J A V I S. Is that Vez? No. Javier Barden. You're the one speaking Petrum. Spanish lately. <laughs> it's hey, it's hey, like Javiv. Hey. It's like Javivers. Javivs. Hey, hey, hey. As uh. <laughs> As Senor Chang from Community would say, I am El Tigre Chino, Spanish genius. Javier Bardem. No, Javier Bardem. It's Javier Bardem. Right, Bardem, yeah. Yeah, One of the best Bond villains ever. Yes, Uh, he was a Bond villain. Again, I would like to add Anton from No Country for Old Men. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Uh, Also had here Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Ed Harris, Christian Wiggs was in this movie also as Harold. So this movie here, the plot, it's this. Well, let's first off, this movie. You might have thought, why is this movie on this list? Because there was a poet in it, and it actually has a visual poetry in this mm-hmm. horror, but it was exclusive. Um, <laughs> the story, the the thing, the plot of the story is that. A couple is living in a Victorian home, and during the waking part, a mysterious stranger comes in, comes over, and it becomes an unexpected guest. And next thing you know, other things start happening along with the stranger, and starts terror starts to ensue in the house and in not only the stranger's life, but also in the couple's lives. This movie was a budget of thirty million dollars. It had a it had a sixty it had a sixty two on Rotten Tomatoes, and I want to get people's first thoughts. Marvin, you just had to ask the Buddhist. Ah <laughs> uh, man, this this movie was weird, weird, weird. But you know what? In a really weird way, I dug it. I dug the very much on-the-nose Christian symbolism. I dug the atmosphere, the aesthetic of the movie. The whole cast, star-studded, was really great. And then, like you said, it was visual poetry, and it really worked out in the end to depict everything in a visual narrative of what stories were going down with the Bible with Adam or God and earth and then creating Adam and Eve in their paradise with Cain Abel references and everything like and like it just didn't really occur to me until I geez I don't know until the funeral uh, for the little brother was like look this this reverence that they were holding towards the poet and everything he said it was okay he said it was okay and they kept deferring to him and not 
Jennifer Lawrence's character. It was just like I think it was pretty well done. It was weird, but it was well done. Artie Vice. I love this film. <laughs> this, I, I pushed for this film because I had seen it and I adore this film. It is it is deeply, deeply weird. It is the best of David Lynch, but actually comprehensible on most levels, unlike a lot of David Lynch. Um, Dave Lynch, who? Who's Dave Lynch? The director. Did the director is Darren, is Darren um, Atkinson. Right, right, but this is very David Lynch reminiscent. Yeah. Um, down to uh, like the the fetus of the toilet callback to like the the Cornish game hen pumping blood out in a racer head, which was Lynch's you know first. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I love how they use the whole thing as an extended metaphor for the life of a creative. Yes. Where you have to create, where you're sucking the life out of everything else, where you'll do it at the expense of your own expense, the expense of your inspiration, that you will suck your inspiration dry and kill it if you have to, to get more that quest for fame. And the way they visually represented that through all of mm-hmm. this was freaking amazing. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. performances were great. And Overall, it's it's a very compelling film. I really enjoyed it. This was not Naruto, or <laughs> but it, you're not gonna, it definitely was no Mulan 2020. No, I think this is a pretty faithful adaptation of source material, unlike Mulan 2020. Uh, one thing about this movie that caught my attention was the fact that they never had names. For um, Jennifer Lawrence's character, never had names for um, Javier's character, never had names for the man. The only person that had a name was his agent and a couple other people, but nobody else had names in the whole movie. They would never say their name, and you you have to now put to the put to the uh, perspective of he was the he was the creator, and she was the muse. And everything that he was doing for was for the muse to get him to where he wanted to be. And then everything else started happening, even though the muse wanted to be alone, wanted to, you know, cherish him, love him, appreciate him. He wanted more than what the muse can give him. And he would he would sacrifice the muse and everything in creation to get what he wanted. And it's like a really horrific version of the giving tree. Oh, yeah. I have not I mean, seen that like, yet. I mean, even down to the part where they break the little, apparently the crystal part was just yes. like down to um, Adam and Eve and the, um, what was it, the apple? And like they even clearly said it was her who did it. And he goes, we'll pay for it, yada, yada, yada. It was like, man, like I just didn't realize how dense this movie was with its like symbolism and it it was just really well done like i can i honestly again as a non-christian i found it weird but i can respect the move but what got my attention a lot was you know everything seemed a little you know a little out of base with um i always wanted to figure out what the heck the, the what um ed harris's and Michelle Pfeiffer's character was were they just an eruption, or were they just like something that just made his life even more disturbing? So I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't characterize what they were, what they were there for. 
beyond just him just being an un, you know unexpected stranger who comes over. I feel like, and this is just my own speculation with it. Again, it's hard for me to really place my knowledge on things such as this. I feel like a, their entrance into this movie, much like the Bible, was just a passing of chapters. Mm. You had your excerpt of that. You had their children come in, the mm. funeral, and then you have the whole flood with the Noah's Ark thing and everything. And like It was just all narrative to show how everything went by. And I feel like Harris's character, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, was just the introduction to allow the rest of this to happen, just kind of like how the Bible kind of goes for, on and forth with with that. But that's what I'm saying. I don't know. But but I'm saying they always come in. They always come in and kind of steer the muse into different directions. Like you never go into that. You know the room. Never go into the creator's room. Why you never go into the creator's room? Then they all go into the. They're going to the creator's room. Well, we picked this up. We we destroyed this. And you know she's getting all frustrated and flustered. It's almost like. They were always they were uh what do they call them? not distractions, um resistance. It was almost like that was his resistance. Well, I mean, would his... it make sense to give them some of the most screen time as supporting actors since I mean essentially, I mean they were the ones who did the first an original sin or Well, I'm saying it'd be like I, I mean it wasn't like the snake of Adam and Eve. There, I would say there were more. There's always a thing in the art, like in the book of the Art of War. There's a, there's always the thing of resi- the creator, and then there's resistance. There's always those things that make that always face off the creator. The things that distract him, put him in the wrong direction, does not keep him on his path. And I was assuming that they were the ones that would be considered resistance. Uh, what do you think about um, all device? I I think that's part of it, and just having that that balance between your own creativity and breaking into the world and all the interruptions that you're faced with. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it did a great reputation of that. Mm. But one thing that got, that caught my attention was the fact after the baby was born and everything started going chaotic. I mean, from, Oh no, it was actually before the baby was born when the people started coming into the house and stuff and, you know, trying to, um, mourn the 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 death of the the son everything mm-hmm. started getting more and more chaotic to the point where it got to uh people being put into um sections of the house being used as prison uh a uh, place for the sh- shooting gallery uh a uh, place for the they store prisoners it's like this whole rapture of ideas started just flowing out of nowhere you're like where the heck is the music going through that all these sections are starting to come in. People, you know, the police raiding the house, you know, police raiding the house or section of the house. Um, they're killing off people or they're beating people up or he's or people are stealing mm-hmm. stuff. And it just um, it just comes to a point where it's like, and then got to that one spot where she she um the creator grabbed his muse, brought him in, brought her into the room, and she had she gave birth to the baby. And then, or pay birth to the creation, and he waited because the muse didn't want to give up, or she didn't want to give up the mm-hmm. baby. He waited till she went to sleep, and then took it, and then brought it out there, and then did a crazy thing. What it did, I was like, that, was, that, that right there, and and then unfortunately, just like everything else, the baby got was killed, mm-hmm. and but it was killed, but then fed. 
to the people. It was, it was this weird, it's the psychological thing of it. It just is trippy, way out trippy. And yeah, go ahead. Man, I mean, just kind of like I was saying about like how they used a lot of references and symbolics. That was, just, again, like I said, that was just a very on the nose point of the whole Jesus thing. They carried him over with this, again, this complete reverence where they held them over their heads and then his next now he died for their sins again. And then, like, as you said, with the different sects of people who were either getting persecuted and everything, I, like, it was such an easy view of how outside of the Bible, how people saw di- certain excerpts of the Bible differently, saw different things. I mean, like, especially one of the best examples I can even think of this is the schism between East and West with Christian orthodoxy and oh, okay. Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And then with them eating, is like, oh man, again, body of Christ, eating the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But the wafer is like, man, this religion is just, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> it has its moments, but man, this one. <laughs> did, did you feel like, did you feel this part if you, did you feel like this is one of the, I, I find this moment where as a poet, having to deal with trying to create something and this is how my mind this is like how my mind will go where I want to create it then I'll mess with it a little bit then I'll you know tear it up put it back together again and try to feed into making this creation even though I'm doing so much damage and harm I want it to I want it to become something but I'm doing a lot of damage to it to to bring it out to bring something else so I get the fame of approval not from the muse, but from the world. You know, you that makes sense. I, um, as Auntie Vice said, I, I, like, if I'm personally to look past the whole symbolism and, like, really admire the artistic value of this film and mm-hmm. just look at it in a realistic sense of with Javier's character where he's just going through an insane writer's block and I, compared to my own ability to create something new, I would have to agree with, like you said, where we have to constantly look, you're at one person, you're the one who gives me inspiration. But then at the same time, after that creative well has dried up, what do we do to give ourselves further creativity? We look inward. Sometimes it's not exactly the brightest spot. Okay. What about you, Auntie Vice? For me, it was really amazing because serendipitously we just watched the king's jester which is yeah um uh i can see his face i just blinked on it new stand-up and talking i mean down to he has the line that you know his wife is talking about um you know i i need you to protect us and and protect your family and if you don't i'm out of here and he's like of course i will because I need you for material, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the whole thing with it is he's talking about where they really thought his daughter had been exposed to anthrax because yeah. of threats made against it. And I mean, literally down to like threatening the life of his own child, like the parallel with this is incredible. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, if you want to see kind of the real life version and the horror version, those two to back to back, are amazing. Mm. 
That's so true. But yeah, oh, I, I do really. think they, they captured quite a bit of in the you know, as Marvin's pointed out, they they then used all the uh biblical metaphors and stuff to really connect the whole thing visually as well as with through the storyline and it was incredible and man you just hated people in this thing like <laughs> oh absolutely yeah absolutely like ed harris's character like right off the bat was just how can we just like take the moment to just say how well jennifer lawrence's character or like how well she played her character and l- with just very little dialogue but just with her facial expression alone right to display the uncomfortability she had and therefore we as an audience feel the same way like she did fantastic fantastic yeah she was brilliant in this mm-hmm. oh yeah most definitely i mean this just but i think also what gave it was this like you said supporting actors they fed she had to feed off that everything oh. that they did they made sure that she was I, I wouldn't be surprised if she actually did yell on screen. <laughs> she yeah. just got I mean, pissed off. Honestly, like, oh, yeah. Honestly, I would have totally, like, like Ed Harris's character, if it was just like a real person, I would have idiotically, like, yeah, let's have a drink. Let me go take you out on the hike. I like it because he just seems so cordial and nice. I'm like, okay, hell yeah. Well, let's go have a drink. Oh, and Michelle Pfeiffer, you just want to smack the shit out of her. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Her character is just, oh, you hate her from such. <laughs> She reminds me of so many of my aunts too in this, but a fucking oh, hater. Has no personal boundaries to anything. No boundaries. That pre- passive aggressive bullshit. Little snide remarks showing up when you're not wanted, mm-hmm. and then assuming everybody owes you shit. And it's like, oh, it just she made my skin crawl. Mm. <laughs> Gotta be her best performance. Like I've oh, seen her yeah. in other stuff. This is like on the other end of Catwoman, right? This, oh, okay. This <laughs> redeemed her for Catwoman. Oh, she, she's got some stuff that redeemed, but I understand what you're going with. Um, yeah, but I mean, Catwoman was so bad. This is her performance in this. Bad. Is so palpable. Was <laughs> no, no, no. She's not talking Catwoman. about what's my god. She's talking about the um, Haley Berry. That no, she's talking too. But Michelle <laughs> she was not a great Catwoman. <laughs> And what are you talking about? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. What are you? See, this is how. This is where you know the nerds are. <laughs> like, who are the nerd? Like, complete comic book <laughs> nerds are in this group because Sharon and are just going. What are you talking about? <laughs> Val Kilmer Q- and Michelle Pfeiffer were perfect. Oh no! That, see, that was it. Was still it was still um, um, Michael Keaton. Oh, right, Michael, right. Keaton. Michael Keaton yeah. and Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer no were perfect. No chemistry. What? I don't care. They were perfect. <laughs> she, she, she's so proud of it. And Danny DeVito yep. as goddamn Penguin is yep. the best casting role. Penguin. She sucked. I, <laughs> I, I like Michael Keaton's Batman, but I did not like her Catwoman. And this is just, for me, the other end of her right. spectrum. Because I don't know what you're talking about. For a second in any of that for me. <laughs> Except maybe as the flustered secretary in the very beginning. Right. You know, by the end of this, I'm like, oh my God, she's such a good actress, which I haven't said since Fabulous Baker Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I remember, I definitely remember her from. But she just, oh, she got it. She got it? Hmm. I can say that. Um, Far note. Um, 
do you feel that this movie, I know we didn't hear, we never heard none of the poems. They just read them. I, I think there was not, I think it was more of a visual poem of everything mm-hmm. than it was an actual reading poem. Cause a lot of times they will have moments where they would change, change scenes. Like the, like when she was reading the poem and they'll change to the house coming back to, you know, coming back from the, come back from the fire and next thing you know she appeared right next to him and you and you think that that might be that must be what she's reading because because mm. there was no point of why you know why the fire come you know why the whole thing transformed back from the fire and then she appeared so i'm assuming that was the thing she was reading on 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 the spectrum of the, the poem and then he also talked mm-hmm. about he also talked about the um um, that the house that there there was a fire, but I think what kills the whole I think the thing that kills the whole thing off is the ending and how it comes back. I've only seen that happen only on certain movies where they always take it back. I know. Okay, first of all, to everyone else, this is going to be spoilers. We're going to spoil the heck out of this movie. <laughs> the ending. Where even though the fire happened, and next thing you know it started back over again. That right mm-hmm. there is is the cycle of a creator. Destroy abandonment. Let's do this again. Mm-hmm. And that, that I I I completely. I mean, it was it was tragic, and her and seeing her wake up again. Well, no, see her before she died and said, take what mm-hmm. you, you know, take, take it, take my love. And he just went for it just for his own little, his own selfish ways and crushed it and then put it back on there just so he can start all over again. That was mm-hmm. wild. What'd you feel about that, Marvin? I think you kind of explained and did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we do things like that, all for the sake of our own artistic integrity. It uh, It is a pretty fucked up thing to do. And mm-hmm. to have it visually representative and an outside perspective, it really does give you this small level of, I don't want to say catharsis, because that's not what it is, but it does open your eyes to the process, because no one ever really goes intentionally, I'm really just going to hurt this one person to be able to create something. No, like that's kind of how everybody romantically looks at being an artist. I have my muse and they're here. They exist there to not only for my own romantic and sexual needs, but to my creative needs as well. And everybody loves the idea of that, but they never really fully see what the fallout of that looks like, where once that relationship goes stale, once their creative juices completely get wiped out what the fallout looks like. Because there's some serious collateral damage on the whole thing. What about you, Auntie Vice? You saw what do you think about the collateral damage that she did? I you know, I think again it, it's a great representation of what happens with everything. You know? Mm. You don't you don't go in with an intention to harm or, you know, really hurt somebody that you care about that you draw inspiration from. But I mean, 
it's common knowledge. Don't date a po- poet or a stand-up because they end up in their fucking material. It's, yeah. It's that all the time. Uh, and, and you've not always been thrilled with things I've said on stage. My gentrifying hunk of man. Um, oh. Ouch. Laugh. I love Laugh now. I love the beard. You're so sexy. <laughs> Segway <laughs> from that. My beard's all gray up. We're going to do Snap Judgment. Wow. (laughs) Where we basically rate the movie we reviewed in increments of snaps. If this movie gets three snaps, it's the greatest movie ever. It needs to go in the books of generations of poets, creators. This needs to be the law book of all creators you see, just like Super Side B is for all people who want to go work at McDonald's. You need to watch that movie. <laughs> if it's two snaps, it's not that good, but it's not that bad. If this is one snap, this thing needs to be burnt up to a crisp and be torn to shreds and destroyed and also put into a dirt, a six foot dirt nap. Just like the movie ended off with. So we're doing. So one is us taking that little crystal heart out, huh? You know, we ought to start over again. <laughs> we go in quarter snack increments. We will now count to three. Close our eyes. Count to three and give our rating to Mother Uno, Dos. Tres. Why would you look like? <laughs> oh, two and a half, three, or uh, not by three? Okay, three, three. Okay, now I gotta ask Marvin, why two and a half? I like it. No, I, I don't take my two and a half as a condemnation of the movie. No, it's, I certainly, actually, really enjoyed this film. But I think for me, again, like I said, despite me growing up here culturally, a lot of these things, this reverence for one particular omnipresent deity is just completely foreign to me. And I get it. I I understand its cultural significance, its its religious aspects and everything else. But then I'm looking at it through my own lens of, dear God. (laughs) But again, on an artistic standpoint, fantastic movie. Visually, this is perfect. And if I were ever to want to base a movie in an artistic standpoint where it completely visually and narratively follow a source material and have it follow to the T, this is how I would do it. And not like Mulan 2020. Took a while. <laughs> oh, I mentioned it. I mentioned it three times in the beginning. You, 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 you had help. Auntie <laughs> Vice, why do you give this book? I know you liked it, but why three? Why the love? <laughs> I, there's nothing I would change. I thought everything from the screenplay to the acting to the costuming and the screen set, the whole thing was brilliant. The music. Everything came together. This is the way a film should be done. Mm. 
Nice. I gave it a three also because the fact of not only the movie's visual and um, screenplay and everything, but Jennifer Lawrence took a serious beat down. God duh, they beat the crap out of that girl. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> they stomped her out. <laughs> she got more beat in this than she did in the freaking Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, man. <laughs> they knew who to give it. They she was about girl on fire in this one, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> She got harmed. I wouldn't oh. be surprised if somebody actually went for the full foot. It's like, you're going to take a foot in your face. Okay, cool. <laughs> they almost ripped on him. <laughs> like the amount of emotional abuse and physical abuse she went through in this movie. Yes. Ooh. Amazing. Yes. Um, just want to let this some fun fact. This movie had um, 51, nom- um, 51 um, 46 nominations and it won nine times. It won an LGBT award, <laughs> the Dorian Award for campiest film. Really? <laughs> yeah. I did not put this in camp. No. It was like, <laughs> I was about to ask too. Like, was it because of her outfit? Because Jesus Christ, <laughs> that was like one way to show her naked without her being naked naked <laughs> yeah like, like just okay let's just like i get it we're gonna try to represent her as innocent but okay but at the same time give her like the most sheer white clothing and make her stand in the right. sunlight <laughs> yeah i got and um michelle um so see, it, it didn't get any of the hot you know the academy awards but it did get a lot of the you know, the side awards like um LGBT award, Dor- Dorian Award, uh, the um, Canada Award. They, I mean, it's just even some movies, some, even even the horror film genre loved this. So that's why it works so well with the Oktoberfest, Halloween people. We needed something for Halloween, and we got it right here. It was either this or Pumpkinhead. I think we picked a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We can do Pumpkinhead next time. Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, with, check us out on our social medias. Marvin, take it away. Yeah, you can find me at, on IG as StarvinMarvin09. Auntie Vice. I'm Auntie Vice on most social media. And check out my relaunched Love Letters to a Unicorn site. I've moved it to a new platform. And there are lots of new and fun things you can do on it. Um, and also, come out, if you're in Sacramento, come out to the Comedy Spot on October 27th. I'll be participating in a new sketch code called Trans Schedule. You can find me on I am Big Zine. I That is I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. This one is two and a half, three, three. We are looking at an 8.5 out of 12, out of nine. Well, that's not bad. 8.5 out of actually, nine. Actually really good. It's been one of the better scores we've given to any movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hasn't uh, been a perfect. I was, I'm actually shocked that you didn't give it a perfect, buddy. Because, I mean, you gave We we Are Animals. Okay, the We Are Animals was a fantastic film. But this was too. The What's director that? of that has just released another film. Yes. I'm not ready to cry. <laughs> I mean, he... Because We the, the Animals made, literally made me want to, like, 
if if that little boy was a real person, I would have like gone mm-hmm. to him, hugged him, then told him, 10 years from now, you'll be 18 and you get to leave your shitty family, your <laughs> shitty brothers, and the shitty town, assuming you go to college, and then you can find mm-hmm. yourself there. Because fuck your family. Fuck them. <laughs> But he can't. That's who he's. That's who his roots are from. So he can't leave his roots. You, I mean, you, I, you I was can, his brother. But you can. But you can certainly find distance and boundaries. Right. You can't fully leave your family, but you can find boundaries. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. That is certainly true. And that's something um, this kid, kid clearly, clearly needed in that movie. Ugh. Um. Also, want to get, also leave out the fact of the movie's director also did Noah, Limitless, uh, A Remnant of a Dream, and he did Black Swan. So basically, he Darian is used to trippy movies. So with that in mind, <laughs> so with that in mind, check out Mothers with Jennifer Lawrence. We gave it an 8.5 out of 9 snaps. What do you think about it? Let us know in the comments section and also tell your friends about the show and subscribe. We're always here, but for you, we're here for you every single time. Our next movie, we don't know yet. We're going to be. Why don't you go back and go check out Nightmare Christmas, Nightmare Before Christmas. We got that one in the mix, too. This is Sharon, that is Marvin, that is Auntie Vice, and we will see you at the movies. Peace. Peace.